Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Woo, man, we could go home now, couldn't we? Man, we just, we, we, it's done. Done. Praise the Lord. Amen. Man, I'm telling you what, man, if you're just getting here or if you walked in late or whatever, man, you are missing out. I'm just telling you, man, from beginning to end, that first song that they led with, I was back there and then Kat started talking. I had to run out here, man. <laughs> Woohoo! Because I want, it just wasn't good enough, man, for, for me back there, man. I just had to get a piece of that. It was just awesome. Praise the Lord. Amen. Welcome to the church. Amen. Guess what, man? This ain't the church, right? This is the church. Welcome to the church. Amen. Woo! Praise the Lord, man. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, we're uh, uh, we're, we're continuing a sermon that we that we, uh, we I'm excited. All right, <laughs> all right. That we started uh, yet yeah, last week, man, and it's pretty insane. Uh, this, is, this is centered part two. All right, and we're in this series called Centered. I'll explain that in a minute. All right, but but we left off with the question. Uh, last week. And the question was simply this, are, are you living outside in or are you living inside out? All right. Are you living outside in? At one time I'm kicking back in this apartment, right? And I'm hanging out there and I can hear the kids outside, a bunch of kids outside playing. Then all of a sudden you can know when things are kind of going a little bit crazy because these kids are like, just do it. No, don't do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're like, what's happening out there, right? And I go outside all right, and I look, and, and, and there was this kid. He was just kind of bullying this other kid. And I was like, oh, man, you know what? This is not cool. I wasn't a Christian back then, but I still thought, you know, you still think that's not cool, man. And I'm getting ready to say something until I saw the other kid kind of drop into a stance. And I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, okay. I saw him kind of find his center. And it seemed like this guy was just, you know, the bully was probably getting ready to be in some serious trouble. And these guys were like 10 years old, all right? Again, not a Christian. I probably should have broken this up. But anyways, all right? And so I'm just going, hmm, I went and got some popcorn, came back out. No, just kidding. Just kidding. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. All right? I'm like, what is going on right here, right? And it seemed like the, 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 as I was looking at this one kid, calm and cool, and the bully just kind of just shouting his mouth out. And I, everybody kind of knows that this kid, he's always picking fights with other kids and stuff like that. And it just seemed like there was something taking place on the inside of this other kid that was about to come outside. And sure enough, man, this bully rushed this kid. And without hesitation, this kid kicked the bully right in the face. And I'm telling you what, okay, wait a second. If I'm talking to you and you can kick me in the face without me even knowing it, dude, you win. You win. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go make you a sandwich, all right? What do you want on your sandwich? You know, I'm like, wait, wait a second. Like, where does that even come from? And the kid stepped back, and the bully was totally surprised, all right? I, we were all surprised. We were like, whoa. And then the bully just said, okay, he went at him again. And this time, this kid did a roundhouse. Anybody know what a roundhouse kick is? A roundhouse kick, in case you don't know, is where you're facing right here, and you decide to go all the way over here and come back around and go pow, all right? If you have time to take in scenery before kicking me in the face, all right, you're hired. I want to hire you to protect me from ninjas and bears and all kinds of crazy stuff. All right, I'm not even kidding. And that happened, and you know, obviously that ended the, the fight, and immediately the bully, all right, was like, oh, he, was, he was holding his face. And what, what happened next blew me away. Because the kid who threw the kicks all of a sudden was leaning in to see if the guy was all right. 
and he wanted to help him. All right, and he said, hey, man, are you right? He didn't say like, he, he wasn't boasting or bragging and saying, you know what, it's right. None of that stuff. He leaned in to see if the kid was all right. Got him up, the kid was all right. And then he shook his, he reached his hand out to shake his hand. Blew me away, man. All right, it was just an amazing demonstration from a, probably a 10-year-old kid of power and grace. Ah, you can tell, by the way, that this kid was carrying himself, that there was just some strength under control, all right? There was power, but yet this willingness and desire to care. There was something going on on the inside of this kid, all right, that was informing the outside of this kid, and it just blew me away. This kid was centered, I don't know what he was centered on or who he was centered on. Uh, today, I would like to think that this kid just knew Jesus, man, and, and that was it, man. But, but he was just centered, man. There was something going on on the inside. And that's what I want to challenge you guys with today on what is going on on the inside. All right? Is there any, is anything, is Christ going on on the inside? And are you allowing him to inform the outside? We're in this series called Centered. And, 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 and the theme or the point of this series is, and I'll put this up there, is if the central point or the most powerful influence of your life is the redemption of Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the blood that was shed on the cross of Jesus, all right? The, you know, the fact that he took our sins to the grave and that he rose again, all right, if the central point or the most powerful influence in your life is the redemption of Jesus Christ, then every aspect out of your life, in your life and out of your life and around your life, all right, will bear fruit for him. Oswald Chambers put it like this. The disciple who is centered in Jesus is, say is, is, is the will of God. This is crazy. And what appears to be his or her free choices are actually God's predetermined directions. Think about that, man. I'll leave that up there for a minute. The disciple who is centered in Jesus is the will of God. Too many times we're always asking, oh, what God's will is for my life to be centered all right, in Christ, in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, leading and informing, all right, and controlling your life and creating life around that life, all right? And so that way, what happens is what appears to be your free choices and are actually God's predetermined directions in, from your life. Here's what I know, man. When I am centered in the gospel of Jesus Christ, I live from the inside out for his glory, regardless of circumstances, no matter what is going on around me, right? This is what we want. This is what we're after. This is what we're hoping for, all right? This is what is challenging in our life. This is why that inner person needs to be continually ministered to and developed. And, 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 and so and we'll talk about that over the next few weeks. But, but last week, I left you off with a one-minute challenge. Does anybody, did anybody give that a shot? You remember the one-minute challenge? I challenged you guys. That's awesome to see. That's, it is challenging, isn't it? 
It is crazy. All right, the, the, the challenge, in case you missed last week, and again, if, we're, we're in part two of a, uh, of a sermon series. If you missed last week, go online, tcaz.us, and you'll find the sermon. Go to, our, go to our app, whatever the heck that is, I forget, all right, or go to our Facebook page. Anyways, you'll, you, there's all kinds of places to find the sermon. Our YouTube page, you need to start subscribing to that. Check it out, you'll find it there, all right? But, but, but you need to, it's a, it's a very progressive sermon series. So check this out. But last week, what I did is we challenged you guys, all right, to take one minute out of every hour, one minute out of every hour to recenter in Christ. Set your alarm, you know, one, one, you know, and then hit repeat every hour and take that moment to, to, to thank him for the cross, all right, to, to thank him for the resurrection, to thank him, all right, for, 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 uh, for saving your life, and then, and then to, to declare, I'm yours, I'm yours. No matter what is happening, I'm yours. And then to ask him to help you to see things the way he sees things, to help him see your life the way he sees your life, to see the world the way he sees the world, all right, to see others as the way he sees others, all right, and to lead you from that point. I tell you what, man, it's crazy because that minute shows up at the most inopportune times. I was ready to get mad and handle some business, and all of a sudden, beep, 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 are you serious? All right, I'm not even kidding, but try to, if you haven't done this, try it again. We're gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna challenge you again later on here in a little bit, right? But, but, but it's, it's crazy how amazingly, how quickly that we would discover that, that when we shift our focus on what is most important, the cross, all right? The burial of Christ, the resurrection of Jesus, all right? The lordship of Christ, rather than the outside commanding the inside, the inside informs and commands the outside. It's an amazing amazing thing, and it is exactly how Christ has, has, has called us to be disciples of Jesus. And I believe that this is a very, very important because every day brings new anxieties. Every day brings new challenges, new confrontations. And we're challenged, right, with the, with the question, are, are we living from the outside in? Or are we living from the inside out? You see, the enemy is relentless. This is what I know. The enemy is relentless, all right? When, when, when you give your life to Christ, the enemy does not leave you alone. Like, oh, they lost another one. No, he is coming at you full force, all right? And he's looking to catch you off center. We shared this scripture at the end of last week's sermon, but we didn't open it up. Let's open it up a little bit. Father, this is your word, and we just give you the praise, and we just give you the honor, and we give you the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, guide us for your glory. Hallelujah, amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. You can open up your app. Open up your, if you've got one of those crazy Bibles that has pages. Remember those? Right? Yeah, open up one of those. All right. Uh, we'll have the scriptures up on the screen in case. All right, but check this out. He says that we have this treasure. What treasure? This treasure of this understanding, not just this understanding, this knowledge, not just this knowledge, this belief, not just this belief, but this active living trust all right, of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, this gospel-centered uh, life. We have this treasure, this treasure that is greater than any treasure on the planet in this jar of clay, in this earthen vessel to show that the immense, the surpassing, the most excellent, all right, that the extraordinary, that the over and abundant power, the more than even necessary power belongs to God and not us. He's reminding us that the, that the power is in the person and not in the punch. 
Think about that. The, the power is in the person and not the punch. Right, we, we have all these expressions in life, all right? And the power is not in those expressions. It is in the person of Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, Jesus who died, rose again. Have I said that yet? Who died, rose again, all right, and is in glory with the Father, who has sent his Holy Spirit to empower you and me to live extraordinary lives, all right? In this little crazy, this very, very fragile, all right, uh, earthen vessel, so that we could show that the power is in him and the person and, and not necessarily the punch. And, and this is important because we are, look at the next verse, we are afflicted. In other words, and you're like, wait a second, what does that mean? Literally, uh, to, the, to the point, uh, it, we're hunted. We're hunted, man. When, when, when you give your life to Christ, man, you put this huge target right on your back, right on your back. Jesus person, barao, here you are, man. You put this huge target on your back, Christ follower, all right? Enemy, you know what? Here I am. If you're, never mind, I'm not gonna say <laughs> Easy boy. All right. <laughs> we're afflicted, we're hunted, all right? We're continually hunted, all right? But check this out, but, but, but we're not trapped, we're not crushed, we're, we're hard pressed, man, but we're not crushed, we're not trapped, we're not, we're not taken prisoner. Because greater is it he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're perplexed. And you're like, what does that mean? We're confused. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're not chased after by the enemy. All right? It doesn't mean that you don't get confused once in a while. Do you ever get confused? Anybody? Or is it just me? <laughs> All right? I get confused often. But when I reach into my center, man, the Christ, the risen Jesus, who's given me the power and presence of his Holy Spirit inside my life, I recognize that I am not driven to despair. I am not driven to just fall apart. Because I know that with great advancement, and we shared this with you a few, actually, I think it was last year, with great advancement, there will always be a great resistance. With great advancement of Jesus Christ in the life of his followers, there will always be great resistance of the enemy of your soul. So expect it. Recognize, man, that you are hunted, all right, but you're not trapped. And you will be confused sometimes, but you will not be driven to fall apart and in despair. Look at verse nine. He says, we're persecuted. In other words, we're continually harassed. And the enemy uses all kinds of tactics. There's all kinds, sometimes there are people, sometimes there are situations, sometimes they're like, are you kidding me? Here we go again, all right, that kind of thing. We're continually harassed, but we're not left behind, man. We're not forsaken. God said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And he meant it. I know, man. Sometimes you look around and you're like, where are you? Man, this is why you need to be connected to the church because he is living in every follower of Christ in the church. That's what his church is. And that's why community is so important. And fellowship, because when I am not seeing Jesus in my life, I grab a hold of a brother, all right, boom. Or I just go sit down with my wife, and I'm like, woo, praise the Lord, all right? Because she'll tell me what I did wrong. All right, anyways. Uh, so, anyways. All right, persecuted. We're, we're continuing to last, but we're not, we're not left behind. We're struck down, man. We get hit hard. We get hit hard. But praise God, he fills us and gives us the power to take a punch. Amen? 
because we're not destroyed. We're not down for the count. This is why it's so important to be centered in Christ. Why? Why are we not down for the count? Why are we not left behind? Why are we not trapped or falling apart? Because we are always carrying about, in the, in, in, we are carrying in the body the death of Jesus Christ so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Come on, man, this is gospel-centered life. This is what we're supposed to be about, first and foremost, amen? Everything comes from this. Prayer, that comes from this. Reading your word comes from being centered in Christ. You know, you know, serving others comes from being centered in Christ. Going out and changing the world comes from men and women who are centered in the gospel, the death, the burial, resurrection. Let me know if you never heard this before. Of Jesus Christ, amen? amen. Praise the Lord. Are you living outside in? Or are you living inside out? There's gonna come a time, man. I mean, you know this, and there's already a time, and maybe that time is right now, <laughs> where you're gonna wish you were. I don't know if you guys ever heard of Howard Rutledge. He wrote a book called um, In the Presence of Mine Enemies. He was an Air Force pilot uh, during the Vietnam War. And uh, he was shot down. He was shot down. <laughs> that always trips me out when that happens. He was shot down over, uh, over Vietnam and taken prisoner by the Vietnamese and put in a uh, Vietnamese prison as a prisoner of war. And for years of his life, he would be the first to admit that he was living from the outside in because there was nothing on the inside. It was always shifting. It was changing from this to that or this or that. And in his book, In the Presence of Mine Enemies, um, I'm just going to read a quick little piece of this. And, and this is relevant. Listen to what he says. And this is what he wrote about himself being in this Vietnamese prison. All right, as a prisoner of war, he said, during those longer periods of enforced reflection, it became so much easier to separate the important from the trivial the worthwhile from the waste. For example, in the past, I usually worked or played hard on Sundays and had no time for church. For years, Phyllis, his wife, encouraged me to, to join um, the family at church. She never nagged, she never scolded, she just kept hoping. But I was too busy, I was too preoccupied to spend one or two short hours a week thinking about the really important things. He said, now the sights and sounds and smells of death were all around me. My hunger for spiritual food soon outdid my hunger for a steak. Now I wanted to know about that part of me that will never die. Now I wanted to talk about God and Christ and his church, but here in Heartbreak, the name of the POW camp that he was at, all right, uh, they, they gave it, uh, the POWs gave it that name. Here in heartbreak, in solitary confinement, there was no pastor. There was no Sunday school teacher. There was no Bible. There was no hymn book. There was no community of believers to guide and sustain me. I had completely neglected the spiritual dimension of my life. And it took prison to show me how empty my life was without God. There was nothing prepared on the inside to help him the craziness taking place outside because Jesus promised us it's going to get crazy. I'm paraphrasing. 
But you really said it. You, there's, in this world, you're going to okay, okay, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. But who talks like that? But Jesus did. Okay, but anyways. All right. In this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. Amen? So in this world, it's going to get crazy, but be okay because I've overcome the craziness. Praise the Lord. In Isaiah, we're, we're challenged, and, and I'm often challenged with these two verses right here. Verse four, Isaiah chapter 50, verse four and five. We're gonna be all kinds of scripture. You might wanna just write it down and take a look at it later, all right? And it's a prophetic about uh, uh, the Christ who would soon come, but I also look at these scriptures. Anything, when, when I'm told to, to whoever is in Christ must walk like Christ, that's scripture, then I wanna even look at the prophetic scriptures about Jesus so that I can try to be close to looking like him. It says that the Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught so that I may know how to sustain with the word him who is weary. But check this out. Morning by morning, he awakens he awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. I wake up in the morning with the sound of God's voice in my ear. And I lean in. Look what he says next. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. I turned not backward. I leaned in. He says, I'm leaning in. Are we leaning in on a day? I'm telling you what, there's not a day that goes by that God is not waiting for you to wake up to speak to you and to speak into your ear. There's not a day that he just says, I'll be back, and, you know, and then doesn't come back till later. Obviously, I thought of the Terminator, but that's not God. But every day. I shared with you before, man, how I think that when people fall out of the bed, God is just saying, hey, I want to talk to you. Anyways, but just think about it. <laughs> and that's why I sleep on the floor. Anyways, um, nope, just kidding, I don't. <laughs> but I wasn't rebellious. I'm leaning in. Because what he has to say informs who he is in me and who he wants to come out of me for his glory, Amen. And so we need to lean in because I'm guaranteeing you there's going to be a time that you're going to reach in and if you ain't leaning in, you ain't going to find nothing when you reach in. See, our problem is, is, we're, is we're too quick to say, Lord, no, 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 wait, me, me first. Jesus, all right, was, was cruising on the scene with his boys and all kinds of people, all right, were, you know, kind of trying to see what he's up to and stuff like that. And, it's, you know, one guy's like, hey, I'm going to follow you, man. He's like, yeah, okay, right, we'll see. And then another guy, he looks at it, he says, I want you to follow me. The guy says, I got to go do this thing first. And then, and then he says, you know, he basically says to this guy, he goes, he, in Luke chapter 9, verse 61, he says, yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. That's a, that's, that's, that's a, that's a great statement, if you would have left it right there. I will follow you. I only want to follow you. I don't only have a desire to follow you. I am following you because you were Lord. But he didn't leave it there. Look what he said. But let me first. Let me first. I mean, if there's any sentence that should not have those words together, words together in it, it's, it's Lord, me first. That doesn't make sense. It's a contradiction of terms. Lord, me first. <laughs> Who's actually Lord? See, our problem is we want to be first, and therefore we turn a rebellious ear to that, to, that, to, that, to that whisper that God wants to speak into our ear every morning. 
And throughout the day, we're like, wait, Lord, I, I got to, wait, I got it. me first. Jesus answered the guy and he says, you know what, man? He said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom. He says, I want your mind on me. I want your eyes on me. I want your heart on me. I want your whole life on me. Lean in. Reach in. A centered life is a life, again, that is going to bring him glory. Are you living, all right, from, from the outside in, or are you living from the inside out? I don't know if you guys ever heard of a guy named Viktor Frankl. Uh, he's a practicing Jew his whole life, all right? A psychiatrist, a neurologist, uh, a philosopher. He wrote many books. Um, but he's also a Holocaust survivor. I probably should have started with that one, all right? In 1942 through 1945, he uh, existed in several uh, concentration camps. And even the extermination camp that's known as Auschwitz, it's pretty amazing that he made it through it. And it's there that, that, he, that, he, that he, you know, he started just, he developed something he called logotherapy. It's crazy. This is where you're going to develop that kind of stuff. It's pretty insane. All right. But he wrote in his book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. He, he, he put this down. I'll put this up there. This is kind of a lot. Just kind of roll with me. He said, we who lived in concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a man or a person. But one thing, the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Nobody can take that from you. They can manipulate it. They can coerce it. But nobody can take it. The question is, what are, you, what, are you, what are you grabbing a hold of to, to make those choices? While he was in this concentration camp, he developed this uh, thing called, that he would later call logotherapy, this, this, these practices that would help people with depression. And I tell you what, if there's any place that was a bit of a great place to have, uh, you know, um, listening to an audience, it was a, for, you know, helping with depression as a concentration camp. And, and he challenged people to mainly three concepts, you know, of digging on the inside and living from the inside out. He challenged them to, for, to, to, to number one, he said that, oh, you know, we need to be able to identify a project that we could work on that if we didn't, somebody else would suffer. We need to come up with a reason to wake up in the morning and say, I am important for somebody else. Right? Jesus is your reason. Let me just kind of remind you that, that he would lead you all right, to pray for somebody else, to, to serve somebody else, to listen to somebody else, to comfort somebody else, to lead somebody else, and those somebody else's are needing you. Somebody needs you to fight for them. Somebody needs you to fight for them. He then said, I want to challenge you guys to a redemptive perspective on your suffering. A redemptive perspective on your suffering, because we're all suffering. But wait, wait, he's talking about this in a concentration camp. 
all right? And, and what is the, what, <clears throat> basically he's, he's, he's saying, what is the redemptive perspective on, on the other side of your terrible suffering, of this terrible suffering? He says, don't deny, you know, we could be optimistic, but we can't deny that pain hurts, all right? And then suffering is not good and it's bad. It's, it's okay to admit those things, all right? But he said, I wanna challenge you, all right, to, to find a redemptive perspective on this suffering. And, and when he was saying this, he, he, he records in his book, he says, one guy was like saying, how in the world are we, can we possibly find a redemptive perspective, anything redemptive about this concentration camp? And his answer is amazing. He says to this guy, he says, this is terrible. Let's admit this, yes. We're probably gonna die. But if you commit suicide, because people were just committing suicide, you know, they just wanted to end it all. He said, you're gonna rob yourself of an amazing opportunity. And you're like, what? Here's what he said. He says, if you let them kill us, starve us, your death will serve a greater purpose because it will teach the world how evil they were. I mean, that's mind-blowing. To reach inside, to not allow the circumstances outside, to control the inside, but to reach inside, all right, where the Christ on the inside is going to lead you, all right, Jesus, all right, the redemptive, all right, the, the, the story, the redemption, the ultimate redemption story of the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, informing you from the inside out to find a redemptive perspective on your suffering Today. And you know what? You're like, well, okay, that, how does that make sense to me? Think about it like this. Some of you have suffered horribly. Some of you are actually, in fact, today suffering horribly. You've seen parts of life that maybe some people just can't even imagine. Let me just challenge you that your, your experience have, has given you insight to human suffering and therefore an opportunity to lead the way out. That's what I mean by that. You could be suffering something today or you could have suffered something yesterday that has given you insight to suffering that, that maybe many people have no clue about, but there's that one person that you recognize that you're like, I've, I've gone through that. I've experienced that and I know how horrible it was. And some people could be saying, that's not that bad. Well, before just condemning them, take your focus off them, be informed by the inside and say, how could I help the, that person? How could I help? It's one of the greatest questions a, a, a Christian could ask. How could I help? I see a lot of people, you know, try, I mean, meaning well, and maybe this was you one time, and I've done this as well too, trying to help something out of, someone out of a situation that I have no clue of, and, and, and I'm doing it from this, from this shiny place over here where everything is great and good, yes, I, you know, and, and everything is really, really good, and I have no idea with that, but you need to come over here. Come over here. It's great over here. You need to come give your life to Jesus, and then come over here, and they're looking at you like I have no comprehension of even where you're at. All I see is the pain around me. But when somebody has been there, somebody has done that, and they could step into that suffering with them, empathize, and say, look it, I've been right here, and here's the first step. I'm not telling you to jump way across this chasm over here. Here's the first step I took out. Come on, I'll, I'll walk it with you. 
That's living from the inside out. That's allowing the inside to inform the outside and not allowing the outside to control the inside. So number one, he says, yeah, I identify a project, a project that you could work on that if, if you didn't, somebody would suffer. Number two, all right, he said, uh, you know, um, to, uh, you know, to, to search, to try to find a redemptive perspective on your suffering. And number three, he says, you know, take people with you. Take people with you, man. A community of close friends who love you unconditionally and involve them in the story and help them be the heroes. Jesus is the ultimate hero but be a guide to what it looks like to live from the inside out. So I ask you again, are, are, you, are you living from the outside in or from the inside out? Which are you? What has been the case? If you're struggling to figure out what does it even mean, you need to stay with us. You need to stay with us, man. It begins, it begins, and we're gonna provide an opportunity. It begins with you humbling yourself before God. And, and, and after the service, we're, we're gonna be here, a couple of us are gonna be here, we're gonna be here to pray with you. If you've never, ever submitted to the cross, the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we wanna open that opportunity. I'll tell you what, man, there's never a time you cannot do that. You don't have to wait for us. You can do this right now. Well, we want to we open it up for y'all. And, and if, you want, if you need help with that, we're not going to tell you to say this prayer. Here's what we want you to do. Repeat after me, because that's just weird. All right, it just is. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, because you know what? That's like, all right, cheap way out. I will ask you, do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you? Do you believe that because humanity was, was, was dying because of the decay of sin, and every one of us are guilty, that God sent his son, all right, to be born of a man, to live like a man, to suffer as a man, to die on the cross, to be buried, and three days later, he just kicked death's butt. Is that okay to say in church? All right, he kicked death's butt. Death's walking around like this. All right, you know what I mean? So anyways, I took that too far, my bad. We want to give you opportunity. If you believe that, redemption, truth, that history, the center of the universe, and you want to make that the center of your life. If you're watching at home, the same thing. I'm not going to lead you through a prayer. I'm just going to ask you, do you believe that Christ gave his life for you on the cross? Do you believe that he was buried three days? And do you believe in your heart that he's gotten up from the grave? And are you willing today, all right, to, to say, Jesus, you are Lord of my life. You inform my center and, you, and from my center, you inform my life. Amen. Praise the Lord. If so, we're going to give you an opportunity. If you've already done that, I want to challenge you this week to continually challenge that one-minute challenge, one minute every hour. Set your clock or even just look at the hour, every hour on the hour. Just take a time to just recenter in the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
And then when you do that, from that minute, I wanna challenge you to three things. And I kind of shared these already. I want you to look for the following. Number one, somebody to fight for. Somebody to fight for. I'm just making it, Frankel's stuff just a little bit more simple. Somebody to fight for. Right, because it's easy to know that you want to fight for yourself. It's easy to fight for all your rights and all your things and just get your stuff and all that stuff. But, 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 but if you recenter and recognize that Christ gave his life for you, he died for you, he rose again for you, he suffered and died for you, who needs you to, to fight for them? Number two, I want you to look for a way to use your suffering for good. A way to use your suffering for good, for the good of somebody else, for the good, for the common good, uh, for good for somebody who don't even know you. And number three, bring somebody along with you. Sometimes it's not so physical, somebody along with you, but involve somebody in the story. Ask them to join you in prayer as you fight for somebody in prayer. You're like, how do I fight for somebody? I tell you, you know, like, you don't even have to leave the chair right now to start fighting for somebody. You know somebody right now who needs you to intercede for them before the Father for the glory of Jesus Christ. Man, write their name down on something, man. And then every hour on the hour after you give your life, uh, you know, after you, after you uh, recenter your life in Christ, say a quick prayer, maybe a second minute prayer for them. Can you imagine that? That's, that's powerful prayer. That's every hour prayer. Somebody to fight for. A way to use your suffering for good. Take somebody with you. This is not the dismissal. There's a song that we're going to sing that is a recentering song. And you need to stay with us. I'm, I walk right over here and stay with you guys too. Last week I left because I had to go to the bathroom. But anyways, this time I'm going to stay. All right? So <laughs> too much information. Huh? All right, my bad. As we're singing this song, consider those three things. Who needs you to fight for them? How can you use your suffering for good? Who could you, who could you take with you? Praise the Lord. Amen.